Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. All right, Mr. News, hit it. Next on the Ledger Report, election corruption bombshell. New cold, hard evidence of fraud and malfeasance during the 2020 election. But what will come of the latest indictment of the past presidential election? And how can it be fixed? We will examine both the good news and the bad. Also, the deep state nexus between Ukraine, the Bidens, the laptop, barista, and the oligarchs. Plus, the hubris of members of Congress who are celebrating spiking the football over their political, partisan, and economically devastating response to the COVID virus. And inflation, rising interest rates, and a probable recession this year. What we can and should do to protect ourselves from these economic imbeciles in D.C. Stand by. The doors of the newsroom are locked and the PC police are not getting in, so sit back and relax as we unfold this edition of the Ledger Report. I think the, the people who started it own it just as much as the people who continued it. Now, Trump has brought it to an, an entirely different level by, you know, nearly two years later, still th saying that the election was stolen when there's no evidence that it was. Um, so he's brought it to a new level. But this is what happens. You know, this is what happens in politics. If you're going to play the same game, the only way to be noticed is to, is to increase the intensity and increase the intensity. Um, and, you know, you had Trump leading the fight to call Obama illegitimate because of the birth certificate issue which was a non-issue and nonsensical issue. Um, and then, uh, you know, this time around. But remember something, Hillary Clinton to this day, she was asked this directly in an interview two months ago. Do you consider the Trump presidency legitimate? She said, no. Well, that's wrong. He won. I know she can't believe she lost to Donald Trump any more than Donald Trump can believe he lost to Joe Biden, right? They're, they're both completely flummoxed by that, uh, and their egos won't permit them to accept it, but it is wrong, and it is, I never thought I'd say this out loud, but it shows you what a statesman Al Gore was. Mm -hmm. Because by the way, the Hillary-Trump election and the Trump-Biden election weren't anywhere near as close as Bush-Gore. Nowhere near as close. Ah, the world according to Chris Christie. Gee, why didn't he get traction with voters when he was running for president? Why did he drop out of the race after just a few days? It wasn't because he was missing any child lines, that's for sure. Um, no evidence, according to Chris Christie. No evidence. So we effectively have, have two realities in the United States. One, the reality of Chris Christie, who, of course, is lauded by the Marxist left, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and Joe Biden. Oh, look at Chris Christie over there. How can you miss him? But oh, look at Chris Christie over there. He says Donald Trump is wrong. He says Donald Trump is making things up. And then we have the other reality, the real reality in this republic, that there is election corruption, election fraud, and election malfeasance up and down these non-contiguous United States, all 50 of them, okay? It's not a matter of whether there is election problems in a certain state. It's a matter of to what degree. For example, in California, it's out of control. You know, the polls close and bam, Governor Newsom survives, you know, instantly the, uh, the attempted recall. Or the polls close and bam, it's Joe Biden winning without them. Now, you can assume in a, in a deep blue state that sure, more than likely, is going to go for a Democrat candidate for president. But in California, 
they're going to win because there's a majority of Marxist liberal voters there, but also because they've rigged the system. And in other deep blue states, they've done the same thing. God only knows the situation, the real situation in a place like the land of Lincoln, Illinois. Who knows what's going on there? But to say there's no evidence of an election malfeasance is a lie. It's an absolute outright lie. And those two boobs on either side of Chris Christie, just looking at them like deers in their headlights and kind of nodding, saying, yeah, there's no election malfeasance, no evidence of such. That's an absolute outright narrative of the Marxist left. It's a lie. There is election malfeasance. We know Arizona has been struggling to bring it to an audit, a real audit and, and possibly decertification. We know there are people, good people in Wisconsin trying to do the same thing right now. And to compare the 2020 election to Gore versus Bush or even Hillary versus Trump it is, is apples and oranges. Yeah, there was election malfeasance that took place in 2016. I guarantee you. It's just that they didn't realize, the Marxists didn't realize to what degree Donald Trump was going to resonate with voters. And so there wasn't enough election malfeasance in 2016. In 2022, they, they made sure there was enough. They drilled down into the swing states, into counties in the swing states, and they made sure that they could win here. Nobody believes that Joe Biden got 81 million votes, not even Joe Biden. No one believes this nonsense. And there's evidence coming out all the time. For example, in Mesa, Colorado, uh, Mike Lindell and his crew was first to break this, that Mesa, uh, Colorado, uh, effectively had multiple databases uh, in, in, in their election system. So multiple databases of people who are ostensibly registered to vote. And they could toggle back and forth and they could infuse these and mix and match these databases to make sure that certain candidates win. That's effectively how it works. And it's also, by the way, using the Dominion uh, system. And this evidence has, has just come out, but it's just the latest in a, in a hairball of election malfeasance evidence. So clearly, for example, in Colorado, there's a problem. Actually, there's severe election integrity problems in many states beyond the Centennial State, including Arizona, as I mentioned, Wisconsin, as I mentioned. Pennsylvania, Georgia, Michigan, just to name a few. But imagine the level of corruption in deep blue states, as I said, in California and New York. In the once golden state, there are nearly 2 million more voters than eligible citizens. Think about that. More voters than eligible citizens. So how can we proceed with November 2022 when November 2020 is so unresolved? Joining me now from Missoula, Montana, forensic election audit expert, Jovan Pulitzer. Jovan, I want to talk about what, for example, is going on in Mesa County, Colorado, because it's probably being replicated in, in many other counties in the United States, probably thousands of counties. But you have some breaking news that you want to share with the American people, and it has to do not with a state level or county level issue. This is a federal level issue that we pay for. It's called the United States Post Office. What's going on? Well, this uh, corruption, maladministration and malfeasance is basically rampant in every state. And right now, the fight is not as much the liberals as it is fighting rhinos like Chris Christie. But the evidence is right in front of you. It's hard to miss. I personally think uh, wimpy Chris Christie eats a hamburger every time he's shown proof of election fraud and it shows up. <laughs> Let me tell you what's going on. Aside from these multiple databases, Aside from a rigged uh, election voter registration role going on, in the United States of America, we've always taken digital photographs of every piece of mail. That means every piece of mail that goes through the system, every ballot when it's mailed. Normally, this digital information is kept for six years. Now, a few things happen unique to 2020. You know, we weren't in a pandemic until like July, right? Well, why did Runback, the printer of the ballots in Maricopa, order the single largest order of mail inserting machines in history? How did they know we were going to go all mail-in ballots? And then in April 2020, this sacred security cow of the post office taking a photograph of every mail, keeping it for six years. Why did they finagle a new law where 
They said, okay, we're not gonna do that any longer. We're only gonna keep the images for 30 days. They let that run through the election, came into 2021 a few months, and then finally reverted it back to six years. You know why they did it? Uh, Maricopa and many other states uh, were said they were still counting all these ballots 30 days later. So when you go back to audit them like we do, uh, you find out there's no images there. This goes to the single highest levels of our government, basically making sure the election went the way they wanted it to go. And so this was some sort of policy change initiated by somebody within the deep state. Yeah, but within the post office, effectively. And now right. it's a matter of finding out who gave the order and, and who implemented this. Well, it's kind of a slam bunk. Remember, if you have people cross uh, uh, doing this, it goes from they'll tell you the biggest fairy tale in the United States of America is not the Easter Bunny or Santa Claus or even the Tooth Fairy. It's there no such thing as voter fraud. This is different. Yeah. This is election fraud. Now, in election fraud, you want to go for racketeering. Racketeering means it crossed state lines. It's planned. And oh, by the way, includes mail. That's exactly what happened when they change out of nowhere. This law, this security measure to have them uh, protected, digitally stored and available for six years for this type of investigations to find criminals, to prove criminal acts. And all of a sudden they willy nilly just undo that and say 30 days, knowing that as the propaganda runs, they burn up the clock 30 days later. All evidence of all of yeah. those ballots mailed in 2020, poof, gone. Yeah. That to me smacks of a federal, uh, should we say, uh, cooperation in this. Yeah, uh, also known as a conspiracy. We're not allowed to use that word, but uh, today's conspiracy is tomorrow's fact, as we know. Now, in Pennsylvania, there's, this video emerged. I don't want to talk about this in particular, but in Pennsylvania, this video emerged of this uh, woman, I believe, stuffing uh, a drop box with multiple ballots. And in Pennsylvania, you're only allowed one. So uh, as far as I know, they don't have ballot harvesting allowed, but it's emblem emblematic, I think, of what's going on. Pennsylvania happens to be a swing state uh, in Georgia. Uh, one audit found uh, 100,000 bad ballots. And there was, of course, a, a 10,000 vote margin in Georgia. Arizona, as I mentioned just a couple minutes ago, has been stymied the Republicans and blocked effectively, as, as you pointed out, by the rhinos uh, in Arizona, unfortunately. And Wisconsin... Maybe Wisconsin. Is Wisconsin the, the, the best hope right now to possibly start the nullification ball rolling? Tim Rantham and his work uh, there in Wisconsin is phenomenal. Gableman has done some work. I didn't expect a lot out of him. It looks like it's going to be positive. Voss is the rhino king of all rhinos. And it may be the tipping point. Now, we all go at it different ways. They looked at certain things in Colorado. It was only looked at the digital information that was publicly available. I look at the forensic stuff of the physical ballots. All these states are coming up to the same thing. Right now, the closest we have to the tipping point is Wisconsin. But Arizona now has something that's never been had before. It's not just theory. It's not just expert opinion. We now have in excess of 40 million physical forensic proof files of what happened. And by the way, when it happens in the paper, it's easy to see. But every one of these pins are falling. When you see a change in the machine, remember, they have to reflect the change in the paper. And in Maricopa is a good example, 1,675 boxes of ballot. Every single one of them should have been sealed. There was only 52 sealed. Those were the 52 boxes that the state handpicked to audit if they got audited. By the time we got them for the 2020 audit done for the Senate, we found out all these boxes were open and they were all disarrayed. Well, you know why they were disarrayed? They had to try to make the paper match because the computer didn't match the paper. Well, of course, to do that, you have to have extra ballots. Come to find out that Runbeck, the official printer of the ballots, in a state or a county where they were only supposed to mail 2,575,416 people, they printed and supposedly sent out 4,089,000 ballots. They printed an extra 1.5 million ballots that cannot be accounted for. It's, it's really uh, uh, our framers of the Constitution worst nightmare, what we're living through right now in 2022, and certainly what we experienced in 2020. Got about a minute left uh, here, uh, Jovan. I want to talk about a solution. I want to leave on a happy note here. Uh, Eric, 
is not a person. It's called Electronic Registration Information Center. It's something that states can use, individual counties can use to clean up their databases. This is the hope for the future. Uh, well, actually, it's how they, I believe, corrupt the system. Eric was oh. a, a thing started by right. the Pew uh, Charitable Trust with George Soros. They're supposed to be cleaning up files. These states have turned over their voter databases. But I think what happens is Eric finds out who's moved out of state and who's dead. They report it back to the state and counties. But I think the state and counties maintain two separate databases. They don't clean them up. That way uh -huh. they know who's not really going to vote, who's dead, who's already crossed state lines, and they use that to swing elections. This Eric thing that sounds like it's good, sounds like it's perfect, was actually a tool for the rig. All right. Well, thank you for setting the record straight. Uh, I appreciate that. So what is the best hope right now? Is it you? Is it me? Is it for the American people who are watching this to get involved and put the pressure on in Arizona on the rhinos and, and in Georgia and in Pennsylvania? What's best? Absolutely. Number one, we are the army. We're the ones riding up on the white horse. Our eyes are open. We've been given a gift. We see this now for the first time in history. You have to activate, stand up, scream. You have to basically start emailing your lawmakers and tell them to change it. One of the tools we have is if they don't follow the constitutional rules, you can file against their bond. Remember, they have to be bonded to put it, be put into office. When you can send a letter claiming you want to see their bond and you're going to make a file against it, they tend to back off very fast. And by the way, if they get a claim against their bond, they can never run for office again. We have the weapons. It's time we unite and it's time we work together. That's awesome. Now, if, if folks don't quite follow that or they want more information, can they find more information on your website somehow? Well, to go, yeah, to go on the bonds, just go to bondsforthewin.com, bondsforthewin.com. You can understand how the bond process works. Or you can go All to right. my website, jovanhuttonpolitcher.locals.com. I do hands-on training almost every single day. I teach you how the rig works, how to open your eyes, and how to beat it into your legislator's head that we want them all to cut the crap. Jovan, uh, thank you. You're doing God's work and, and keep it up. Thanks very much. Coming up next, the deep state nexus between Ukraine, the Bidens, the laptop, Burisma, and the oligarchs as the Ledger Report continues. The Ledger Report is brought to you by MyPillow.com. Please go to MyPillow.com and enter Ledger in the promo code box for up to 66% off. Mike Lindell is a warrior for the Constitution and our Judeo-Christian values. Please support him by supporting MyPillow. That's MyPillow.com and enter Ledger, L-E-D-G-E-R, in the promo code box for up to 66% off. Also buy Relief Factor, pain relief without prescriptions and without harmful addictive medications. Go to ReliefFactor.com forward slash Ledger for a natural homeopathic way to relieve nagging chronic pain or call 833-425-7246, 833-425-7246 for Relief Factor Pain Relief. And by PhD economist Dr. Kirk Elliott. Inflation is going through the roof. Kirk Elliott has been protecting income and retirement assets for over two decades. Graham Ledger owns gold and silver, and you should consider it too. Go to KirkElliottPhD.com forward slash ledger. That's Elliott with two L's and two T's. KirkElliottPhD.com forward slash ledger to protect yourself from out-of-control government. Thank you for supporting the Ledger Report. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, inventor of MyPillow. Thanks to your support, you've helped make MyPillow become one of the fastest growing companies in America. Over the last 12 years, you've helped MyPillow create thousands of jobs right here in the USA. When I got MyPillow, I'm asleep almost immediately. I stay asleep at night and I wake up more well rested in the morning. That's why I invented MyPillow. My patented fill adjusts to your exact individual needs and helps keep your neck supported and aligned. I'm interrupting this commercial right now. Retailers have canceled my pillow. And to thank you for your support, I'm going to pass the savings directly on to you. Go to MyPillow.com right now to get deep discounts on all my pillow products. For example, you can get my premium my pillows regularly $69.98, now just $29.98, the lowest price ever. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. And to convince a lot of our friends around the world that we know what they're about to do. And so his back is against the wall, and uh, he's now he's talking about 
new false flags he's setting up, including he's asserting that we, America, have biological as well as chemical weapons in Europe. Simply not true. I guarantee you. They're also suggesting that Ukraine has biological and chemical weapons in Ukraine. That's a clear sign he's considering using both of those. He's already used chemical weapons in the past, and we should be careful what about to, what's about to come. He knows there'll be severe consequences because of the United NATO front, but the point is, it's real. It's real. What's real? The bio labs are real. It's public information. So he's denying that the United States is involved. How did the bio labs get there exactly? in the eastern part of the country in, in particular. It's public knowledge that they exist. It's also public knowledge that there's indirect funding from our federal government through various sources of research at labs very similar to these bio labs and these chemical labs that apparently exist uh, in uh, Ukraine. And to say that Putin is gonna use them because he's talking about finding them is nonsense. It's nonsensical. It's a total non sequitur. It's typical Joe Biden speak. You know, Putin might be a, a maniac, a mega maniac. He might be psychotic, but he's not stupid. If he unfolds something like that in Ukraine, yeah, that will tip the scales of a full scale, what people call World War III. This is not World War III. It's not going to become, I don't believe. Uh, World War Three. It is a move by Putin that's being done for many, many reasons. Putin is not necessarily the good guy here, and Zelensky is not necessarily the good guy here either. Ukraine is not necessarily the good guy, and Russia isn't necessarily the bad guy. That's the narrative in Washington, D.C., and it's the narrative in the mainstream media, but it's a convenient narrative, isn't it? It may not be so accurate. In fact, there is a nexus that exists between Ukraine and Joe Biden and Hunter Biden, the Biden family, and Burisma, and the oligarchs that exist. Effectively, what Ukraine has become to high-powered people, many of whom are out of Washington, D.C., is a fantasy land playground that is a throwback to the wild, wild west, only with fewer rules and a modern day twist, jets and mansions. That's effectively what Ukraine has become to the west. And so what is Putin doing? Well, there's a lot of things that Putin is doing. Again, he's not necessarily the good guy. Now, the amount of myths and disinformation surrounding the war in Ukraine is stunning. It would make Hitler and Stalin blush. Truth is, Vladimir Putin is a psychopathic killer, and Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky is a useful idiot, a rich one, by the way, for the oligarchs and foreign robber barons like Hunter Biden. But it's very curious, very curious indeed, that the media and most of Washington, D.C. are all repeating the same mantra, that Russia is bad and Ukraine is good. You're kidding me, right? How soon they forget Joe Biden bragging about how he got that Burisma prosecutor fired. That's corruption. Joining me now from Washington, D.C., former Assistant Secretary of State under Reagan and Bush 41, retired Naval Intelligence Officer, Robert Charles. Robert, you know, there's a reason why Hunter Biden picked Ukraine to, quote, do business with. And we know what it is. Yeah, so, you know, I, I think one of the things I would ask, uh, Graham, is we'd take a step back here for a minute and look what's really going on. I mean, my past includes a couple of White Houses, but it also includes naval intelligence. And uh, what and, and what I see happening here is is sort of an accelerating debacle on the ground. And so it's good to talk about Burisma. It's good to talk about all the corruption of the past. And you could even probably describe uh, Joe Biden as sort of a, an oligarch who made it uh, over here. But, uh, but the reality is, is very uh, sobering. And I'll give you two new facts because I track this every day with incoming emails and people who are over in some of our allied countries. The situation right now 
it is becoming almost impossible for Putin to manage. And the reason is he's lost upwards of 15,000 uh, Russians. That That's going to have a dramatic effect back home in the country. He's lost more. He's probably lost more men in uniform in Ukraine than they lost in the entire Afghan engagement. So uh, it's a real problem for him. He's lost. He's now beginning to arrest his senior intelligence folks, saying that it was their fault. He's seeing um, some of his senior civilian advisors disappear. Um, his defense minister has not been seen for, I think, two weeks. And it, it's really a crucible here. Uh, it, it's sort of a he's got himself down a down a dark alley and he's going to have to either back out, consolidate where he is or do something radical, which I, I don't think he'll do anything particularly radical right now, but I think he will try to find a way uh, to declare victory and get back uh, get back to governing, or he's gonna lose the power to govern inside Russia. Uh, the only other thing I was gonna mention is I spend a lot of time in emails and whatnot talking with people who are in places like Poland, and people don't really understand what's happening here in, the, uh, in these countries, particularly in Poland. There are not refugee camps. This is not a. This is not the kind of normal refugee crisis you think of. You've got a country of 44 million people, most of whom have now been displaced. Uh, you've got uh, millions fleeing through the uh, Polish border. And what's happening is that the Poles are taking three or four Ukrainians into their homes, one by one, all over the country. It's a remarkable act of, uh, of Christianity and charity and, and decency. Uh, and the Poles and Ukrainians have had their differences over the years. But that is not sustainable over the long term. I mean, one bathroom and nine people is not a sustainable kind of an environment. And so right, right. we got to do what we can to recognize the reality here and start talking facts, because the Biden people are just talking, as you said a minute ago, narratives. All right. So speaking of facts, it's also important to, to look at this through the lineage of history, right? I mean, this lineage between and this fight, if you will, between Russia and that part of the, the country uh, called Ukraine today uh, has been going on for centuries uh, and it will probably yes. continue going on you know well after we exist you know people tend to look at the here and the now but they have to look at what stalin did in the 1930s and what transpired hundreds of years even prior to that and what will be going on hundreds of years later but i want to take a sidebar here real quick it's related but it's a sidebar the new york times when they came out you know this is related to the biden's when they came out and they said, okay, yeah, the laptop is now suddenly a story. One side of me said, okay, all they're doing is trying backing and filling here for the sake of history, as the New York Times now often does, to say they were on the right side of history, that they actually reported on it. But the other tells me that maybe this is a pretext, if you look at the larger picture here, for setting Joe Biden up for dumping him. If there is now an avenue for a real investigation, and maybe the Durham report will include uh, parts of the a laptop, I don't know. But it, it's, a, it's an interesting way of looking at it through a political lens, which I think you should, that the New York Times could be laying some groundwork for the removal, if you will, uh, of Joe Biden. In other words, so he doesn't run and make a fool of himself in 2024. You, you look at it that way at all? I think it's a reasonable read. You know, what do we know about the uh, about the dynamic in the Democratic Party? We know that Kamala Harris was uh, the first Democrat to leave the Democrat field. So she's not beloved by the party. At the same time, we know Joe Biden was basically a stick figure that was uh, put up, uh, you know, from his basement to uh, to sort of play the role of moderate, uh, which really hasn't ended up being his his administration. So neither one of them is a, is a particularly promising candidate for 2024. And it's it's a strange thing. And you know, only in America do we talk about a presidential race that's three years out as if it was tomorrow. But the reality is it's all taking shape right now. I mean, I, I guess I, uh, I I tend to keep my eyes focused on the on the front and center, which to me right now is 2022, as you were saying a few minutes ago. Uh, it's vital that Americans keep their energy level up and understand that their First Amendment, their Second Amendment, their Fourth Amendment, their Sixth Amendment, their Ninth, their Tenth are all under fire. The national yep. security of the country is at risk, uh, you know, the southern border. And now we've got really a complete mismanagement of foreign policy. You know, I, uh, to be honest, Graham, I went to law school with Tony Blinken. I know Tony Blinken pretty well. And Tony, I just get the impression that... Uh, they're in over their head in foreign yep. policy. And you started to see that at the beginning. It obviously the Afghan chaotic withdrawal. I, I get I get 
texts and emails from people that are still trying to flee the Taliban in that country, American allies uh, that worked with our military and worked with our State Department and who were just left there, uh, hung out to dry. So there's a tremendous sort of a mountain, if you will, of building foreign policy failures here together with domestic policy failures, inflation, et cetera. And so what do we, what do we see? We see a, an administration that's really cratering. And uh, I guess I hope that we can all keep our sense of humor and our, our uh, livelihoods around for the next several years until we get someone who's a real president. I hope I can keep my investments in my house uh, in the meantime. Uh, Robert Charles, thank you for joining us. Still ahead, the hubris of members of Congress who are celebrating, spiking the football over their political partisan and economically devastating response to the COVID virus as the Ledger Report continues. This is John Michael Chambers, the creator and founder of American Media Periscope. Now, did you know that annuities are a great way to protect a portion of your retirement portfolio from downside risk? And unlike CDs and money market accounts, they accumulate tax deferred and can participate in the upside of market indexes. And they are probate free and can provide an income you can't outlive. Let a company you can trust help you select an annuity that's right for you. Call the Cleveland Insurance Group at 844-USA-2024. That's 844-USA-2024. Tell them John Michael Chambers sent you. Mr. President, two years ago, the United States federal government declared COVID-19 a national emergency. Stop taking a national emergency. You know, I'm on record back in May of 2020, April of 2020, saying no, no, no to all of this. Why? Number one, because like the framers of our Constitution, I have a healthy distrust of government, all levels of government, but in particular, the federal government. Even though we had a Republican president by the name of Donald Trump, I knew he was getting railroaded. I didn't know back in March and April of 2020 who Dr. Fauci was, and we were surviving just fine in this country, weren't we, before we knew what and who a Dr. Fauci was? Now, two years later, we certainly know who and what Dr. Fauci is. But before any of this was going on, I knew that the president was being pressured here. And I also knew intuitively I could see what was coming, this cascade, this tidal wave of blue state-led governments shutting down their economies, forcing people to stay home in California, telling people not to go to the beach. Think about that. Of all things, again, intuitively, you go to the beach where the air is fresh most of the time. The water may or may not be clean, but that's not the point. That's the place to go, along with the vitamin D that comes raining down from the sky when it's clear out. Yet this cascade kept coming, this tidal wave kept coming, one piece by piece by piece. And in California in particular, they were ahead, they were riding the crest of the wave all the way, shutting down everything, shutting down schools, shutting down businesses, shutting down churches. That's when 
I blew the ledger gasket. When they started attacking the First Amendment, then I knew we were in uncharted territory. And one by one, these other blue states followed. Illinois, New York, New Mexico, of course, Washington state and Oregon are going to do whatever California does, on and on and on. In the blue states, I said, uh, let me look at this. How, how much of the economy do the blue states control? This is back in 2020. Roughly one-third of gross domestic product is controlled or produced, however you want to look at it, by blue states in America. Hawaii is thrown in there too, right? Well, if you shut down one-third of your gross domestic product, what's going to happen to that wonderful economy that was booming at that moment in time, in January and February of 2020? What's going to happen to that economy? It's going to tank. What was Donald Trump at that moment in time? He had just survived the, the second round of phony impeachment, right? Though that was the first round of phony impeachment. He had just survived. And Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer are running around Washington, D.C., and they're wondering what in the wide world of sports are we going to try and attack him on now? Because, you know, the impeachment didn't work, didn't move the needle at all, obviously didn't impeach the president or didn't convict him. Uh, the Mueller investigation didn't move the needle, turned out actually kind of backfired, didn't it? None of this stuff they threw at Donald Trump worked, yet when they colluded among the blue state governors, Pritzker and Cuomo, at the time, and Mr. Slickhair in California, Newsom, and all the others, when they colluded together, I know there was a conference call, I'll never be able to prove it, a Zoom, a conference call between these Marxist leaders that said, yeah, you know what, we got him. We will spread fear among the American people over an unknown virus, tell them that it's deadly, tell them that we have to shut down the economies of these states, and it'll spread beyond these radical blue states into red states because it's the fear of the unknown. It's exactly what Hitler used in, in Nazi Germany, the fear of the unknown. He used it to manipulate people to follow him until, of course, it caved in. Have we come to the point where it's caved in and exposed these radical Marxists? No, because the mainstream media largely are covering uh, for them. But isn't it interesting how now we're suddenly in what looks to be, and I say looks to be, it's an important phrase because it looks to be a post-COVID society, but don't bet your house on that. Remember, you got a guy, a Marxist in California by the name of Newsom, who uses a toggle switch is what he called it. Well, you know, if we start having a spike in COVID, well, then we'll just toggle back and throw masks on and, and force everybody to stay home and not go to school and not go to work. That's the way this is going to work. So if there's any kind of spike at all, they're going to go back to the playbook. But remember what is the residue of all of this, especially in states like California. California has gone to all mail-in ballot now. Oh, because it worked so beautifully in 2020, the corruption level was off the charts, right? The voter fraud and the election fraud off the charts. So they have institutionalized voter and election fraud in California by all mail-in ballot all the time. Despite what Jimmy Carter said, when Jimmy Carter and, and a bipartisan group came up and said, hey, you know, the, the easiest way to corrupt the vote is mail-in ballot. Well, duh. So a national emergency, this was not. What this was, back then at the time, it was a national calamity. Today, I would call it a national conspiracy to destroy the re-elections uh, chances of Donald Trump, and they succeeded, and then to assume control of people's lives, assume control of their liberty, assume control of their constitutional rights, take a certain percentage of those rights away, and never give it back. Those churches should have never closed. The greatest mistake among Christian churches led by the Catholic Church was to close. You folks never should have closed your churches because you capitulated to the Marxists. You capitulated 
Just like they capitulated to Stalin when he was setting up the old Soviet Union, you people in the United States who shut down your churches out of political-driven fear made the greatest mistake of our generation because I firmly believe that this national emergency would have never happened if the Christian churches led by the Catholic Church had said no, we will stay open because the American people need God now more than ever. Didn't happen. What a shame. Still to come, stagflation. It's probably already here. Inflation, rising interest rates, and a probable recession all converging right now. What you can and should do to protect yourself from these economic illiterates in government as the Ledger Report continues. Attention, this is an important message for anyone diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma after being exposed to Roundup or other weed killers. In 2015, the Internal Agency for Research on Cancer warned that overexposure to Roundup and other weed killers may increase the risk of developing non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. After losing a number of court cases, the maker of Roundup recently announced that a global settlement had been reached and agreed to pay over $10 billion to resolve pending cases. Please call 800-376-1935. Government-induced inflation, taxes, rising interest rates, and political instability, they all have a crushing effect on our investments, often causing the stock market to go down. They can also cause gold and silver to go up. There's a time to be in stocks, bonds, and mutual funds, and there's a time to get out. This is the time to hold gold and silver. Kirk Elliott, double PhD, has been protecting individual Americans' assets for more than two decades. Hi, I'm Kirk Elliott. There's no such thing as a bad investment. There's only bad timing for investments. And now is the time to own gold and silver. Now is the time to own physical metals in an IRA, a 401k, and of course, outside of a retirement plan. Don't let the government destroy your hard-earned assets. Please call 720-605-3900. 720-605-3900 for gold, silver, and undeniable economic protection against out-of-control government. Biden created the Property Appraisal and Valuation Equity Task Force, also known as PAVE. This task force will identify and root out systemic home appraisal bias. Today, after months of deliberation and collaboration with homeowners and home buyers, representatives of the mortgage and appraisal industry, and community leaders, our administration is releasing the PAVE Action Plan. This plan outlines a comprehensive set of actions that our administration will take to advance equity in the appraisal process. The home appraisal workforce is one of the least diverse in our nation. Less than 5% of home appraisers in America are people of color. This lack of diversity can introduce both conscious and unconscious biases that make home appraisals less accurate and less fair. Our administration will now require those who conduct appraisals for federal programs must take part in anti-bias, fair housing, and fair lending training. This isn't a scene out of 1984. I don't know what is. Here, Rome is burning. Rome is on fire from an economic standpoint. And what's the Biden administration focused on? I mean, this is laughable. This is like a scene from, I don't know, a Woody Allen, a bad Woody Allen movie. Is there a good Woody Allen movie? I don't know. I'm not a Woody Allen fan. Don't hate me, okay? Uh, so she's up there and she's got the deer in the headlights talking about the appraisal equity gap. The appraisal equity gap. You know, there's going to be a moment in time soon, if it's not here already, where most Americans can't achieve the American dream, that is, buy a house. So, you know, we're in this, we're going to hit this stretch here, it looks like, maybe this year, later this year, where prices, home prices are so high 
and then interest rates are going to jack up. How in the wide world of sports is my daughter going to ever be able to purchase a home, let alone rent a home? And I'll get to that in just a second. But this is outrageous. Even if you're a Marxist Democrat, talking about this, they're clapping like a bunch of seals when there's $6 a gallon gas in California. This is, this is absolutely unreal. This is a Chairman Mao moment. Now, in sum, here's what the federal government has done, AKA the Fed, over the past, well, eight years, so long before during the headlights was there, but it's important. The Federal Reserve flooded our economy with new dollars, all right? The Federal Reserve kept interest rates artificially low. And don't forget, the Federal Reserve is all for Washington, D.C., spending trillions and trillions of dollars that we do not have. It is a recipe for market dislocation and market distortion and an economic disaster. Thus, today, Americans are beginning, just beginning to pay the piper. In the end, these people are economic imbeciles who are playing a game of economic chicken with our future. Okay, so what should we do about it? Joining me now from Denver, Colorado, economist and founder of Kirk Elliott, PhD, Kirk Elliott. Kirk, I, I don't even wanna talk anymore about Miss Deer in the headlights there, uh, but it just shows the disconnect out of Washington, D.C. of what's going on on the dinner tables of, of Americans right now. When you look at inflation, true inflation, for example, there's a report out that in February of this year, it's $300 more a month, more expensive to rent an apartment. So $300 more over just a two-year period versus 2020. What I'm getting at is when you have inflation like this, and it affects certainly housing, which is maybe one of the most important things we spend our money on, maybe the most important, uh, it is like a, a massive tax increase for every American. 100% inflation is the biggest hidden tax ever because it continues to devalue your dollar and how much you can pay for it. You know, I, so I, I heard just last week, Biden was on TV blaming all the inflationary woes on Russia, right? Fits the narrative like you were talking about. Well, if you look at the consumer price index, since the Russia-Ukraine conflict started, CPI went from 7.5 to 7.9 in, in percent inflation. That's 5.33% increase. Since inauguration day, when he came in, till the Russia-Ukraine conflict started, inflation's gone up 328%. Can't blame that on Russia. What do you blame that on? Printing money like there's no tomorrow to pay people to stay home, to fund infrastructure bills, build back better plans, everything else under the sun. Bad policies in Washington are causing inflation because they're printing money like there's no tomorrow. Wow, people are staying home and not working. Graham, that is stagflation, just like we had during the Carter years, except on steroids. 11 million is the number I'm hearing, Kirk, of, of people dropping out, just dropping out of the workforce in the last uh, uh, two years. And so now there are uh, more uh, 11 million unfilled jobs right now as we speak, more or less 11 million. What government has done by doing some of the things that you mentioned and then some of the things that I had mentioned a couple of minutes ago is that they have dislocated the free market. Would, would you agree with that kind of little synopsis? I know it's more complicated than that, but they've screwed up the, the free market. Yeah, and, and they lie about the numbers and mainstream media puts those numbers out there and people believe it, but but it's not real. When, when 11 million people leave the workforce, Graham, that, does that mean that they're no longer unemployed? No, it means they get so disgusted they're not looking anymore, but they're still unemployed. So that makes the employment numbers look better. It is not what people are, are thinking. This is why it's the late 70s on steroids, but I think it's way worse because what, what Biden has done with overt actions um, to limit domestic oil production in America, for example, is causing pro commodity prices to go through the roof. With what's going on with Russia and Ukraine, that's gonna cause grain prices to soar. We're looking at food shortages globally. Uh, what was yeah. the cause of Arab Spring? It was hunger, right? I think this geopolitical conflict is gonna get worse because of Biden's stupid economic sanctions 
worst economic president in the history of our country. You know, before that, I thought it was Carter. Carter's got to be cheering right now because he's actually got somebody that's worse than him when it comes to yeah. the economy. You know, Kirk, it's almost as if Washington, D.C. is rooting for and framing an economic calamity that, that may happen before the end of this uh, calendar year. And I hate to be Mr. Doom and Gloom, but we have to talk about this. Durable goods, uh, the, the number just came in and it, and it dropped uh, precipitously. Uh, and, and that's not a good sign. And I don't want to get too wonky here, but now we're looking at an inverted yield curve. And just for folks, in case they don't know exactly, I'll explain it in layman's terms. And that is when the short-term interest rate is higher than the long-term. Am I correct on that, Kirk? Dr. Kirk? That's correct. Yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. So where I'm going with this is these are warning signs of a recession or, or maybe worse. And since we're kind of in uncharted territory, Really, I mean, I know you're right that it's got a lot, a lot of the 70s to it and 70s on steroids, as you put it. But it's, this is almost going to be, it seems as though we're setting ourselves up for an asymmetrical pretext for a recession or worse. I would say by the third quarter, we're at recession or worse because you've got a lot of fundamental forces going on right now with the inflationary pressures rising interest rates at the same time while people aren't working, plus unsustainable debt. They keep printing money like there's no tomorrow, right? All of that, and and you've got Evergrande that's defaulting this this month. Um, they're gonna. You've got the food prices, commodity prices soaring. Oh my word, Graham! It's like the culmination of the perfect storm all at the same time, and a lot of it is a function of really bad policy coming out of Washington D.C. That's what we have to thank for this. But but yeah, I would say by by this third quarter, you see recession or worse in this country. I, I hate to be the bearer of gloom and doom too, but. Reality is reality. Some of this is just math. Right. You know, I, I look at the debt clock every once in a while, and Art Laffer tells me, don't look at the debt clock. <laughs> but it's at, it's at $30 trillion. And when interest rates start going up, the service on that debt, this is what I'm, I'm really concerned. I don't know how we're going to make, the, I, I know how we're going to make the interest payments. They're going to come to you and me. So here's the question, Kirk. I got a couple minutes left. I want to focus on what people can do. Uh, I know there's mm -hmm. multiple things that people can do to prepare for a recession. What what are you and your family doing to prepare for recession? Well, when you prepare for it, what we've got is, a, is an inflationary recession. So prices are going up while, while the business cycle is slowing down. That's the worst of all possible scenarios. So how do you protect yourself against inflation? You have to invest in things. Things go up with inflation. Gas goes up coal, steel, groceries, cars, gold, silver, right? Oh, they're all things and they will all go up with inflation. So I'm investing in 100% right now. I'm out of the stock market completely because it's toxic. It's poised for correction. 100% into, into silver right now because it's outperforming gold. We've got supply chain disruptions, inflationary pressures. And the, the, the same factors that cause stocks and bonds to come down are the same factors that cause gold and silver to go up which are unsustainable debt, inflationary pressures, political chaos, and geopolitical conflict. All of that's happening. So that causes gold and silver to go up. That's why I'm investing in gold and silver. That is your inoculation against inflation, Graham. Okay. So that's as an investment. But are there any rudimentary things that, that you can do at home? Like, I mean, should you stock up on chicken and freeze it? I mean, there are, are there things that you should do other than you know, perhaps get out of the stock market and, and convert to, yeah. to gold and silver? But what else can I mean, be done? Especially Just if there's a food shortage. If there's uh -huh. a food shortage coming, you should store up on some food. I'm not talking about Y2K type scenario, right, where everyone had years right. worth. But yeah, right. you, you should have some food on hand. You should have. Um, you should try diligently to get out of debt. Because just like the with our federal debt, we can't sustain higher interest rates. We can't sustain that. Neither can families. So diligently try to get out of debt during a rising interest rate cycle because it will eat you alive. But right. yeah, food, that's perfect. That's an easy thing that everyone can do. Go get a few extra cans when you go to the grocery store of, of canned vegetables or fruit or whatever, right? I mean, it's easy right. to do that. And it will be soon we'll be riding uh, bicycles instead of driving uh, and getting gas <laughs> at the gas pump, which is another uh, topic. But before I leave uh, you, Kirk, what's the best way if folks want to get a hold of you and want more information on investing in gold and silver as a way to protect ourselves against these economic imbeciles in D.C.? 
Yeah, just give us a call, 720-605-3900, and tell them that Graham Ledger sent you, right? Um, or also, there's there's a link that we made for your show, kirkelliotphd.com forward slash ledger. Just, just go there, and, and we will have a free consultation with you on how we can strategize to get out of the path of this hurricane so you can thrive and not have to settle for surviving in these times that we're living in. Because that economic hurricane is coming and it's building out of Washington, D.C., unfortunately. Kirk Elliott, thank you. Coming up next, how the epic battle between we the people and the biased mainstream media over the truth can and must be won as the Ledger Report continues. I'm Clay Clark and I'm not an inventor. And this is Bob. My name is Bob Healy and I'm the inventor of the Grill Blazer Grill Gun. Gentlemen, let me introduce you to oh. the Grill Gun. Oh! I would have greened that anyway. I need that! Yes! So Bob, how does your equation work? Okay, now hang on. It's a fairly sophisticated equation. You have a grill gun. It creates fire. Fire plus grilling equals America. You push it down and... Yeah. <laughs> it is a lot of fun. Check it out! <laughs> fire plus grilling equals America. Attention, have you or a loved one been diagnosed with cancer after using Zantac or other heartburn medications for several months? You may be entitled to compensation. Call Zantac Justice now for a free legal case review. The FDA has warned that Zantac and other medications containing heartburn drug ranitidine may be contaminated with cancer-causing agent NDMA. Consult your physician prior to discontinuing any use of medication. Please call 800-868-3048. Welcome back. The Durham investigation, little by little, former U.S. attorney and special counsel John Durham is revealing the people behind the corrupt Russian collusion narrative and their series of political lies. He is building a base of an investigative pyramid, and we all know who is at the top of that pyramid, don't we? Our ledger register. Will the Durham probe result in locking up Hillary? Please go to GrahamLedger.com to register your answer. Thank you in advance for participating. Some final thoughts now. The mainstream media versus the people of the United States. It's an epic battle that can and must be won by tens of millions of Americans who understand that propaganda by omission is just as powerful and corrupting as a blatant lie. For years truly, didn't take the New York Times post facto declaration that the Hunter Biden laptop and all the things associated with it and in it is not only a story, but is among the largest scandals of this political era. Of course it's a story. It's a huge story. Yes, about Hunter, but also about the big guy, AKA Joe Biden. It's a scandal all the way. If these reporters at the New York Times and on down to small market radio guys all across the nation were worthy of calling themselves journalists, then the Hunter laptop should have been the screaming story of the decade. This should have been a race, a contest between news organizations as to which outlet and which reporter could dig through the materials and verify as fast as possible these incredibly incriminating links between the Bidens and our enemies. They should have been digging and piecing it all together and reporting on it just as yours truly has done and his reporter past. Journalists find a way to verify the veracity of the information. It's not rocket science. It's called doing your job. Ah, but this is today, not yesterday. And when they come across a story that potentially destroys their narrative, which is born of the same ideology shared by Hillary Clinton and George Soros, the mantra from the mainstream media is simple but deadly to the First Amendment. If you ignore it long enough and often enough, then it never happened. Sound familiar? As we reported on the laptop during 2019, 2020, it was huge news. And I'm not talking about the stupid naked pictures and the shots of Hunter smoking what appeared to be illegal drugs in a bathtub. 
No, I'm talking about the pay-to-play evidence linking the Bidens to communist China, for example. Also, that clearly Joe Biden knew what was going on, participated in it, and benefited from it financially. The problem was Reuters and AP and ABC and the rest of them ignored the story. Thus, Graham Ledger and my other constitutional colleagues became nothing more than echo chambers of, yes, the truth, but to a minority group of patriots. And yes, it was terribly frustrating. But the reality is it ain't going to change unless a majority of Americans demand it. However, if the majority either doesn't know or doesn't care about the media propagandizing the news, it's never going to happen. Okay, so... How do you, we, win this epic battle between we the people and the propagandists who are shaping by masquerading as unbiased journalists the news, but who are driven by the same ideology shared by Hillary Clinton and George Soros? Answer, you're doing it. By watching somebody who will not lie to you, I believe that there is a God-based free market solution to virtually every Marxist problem in this republic. God sees the truth and waits, but humans, patriots, see the truth, and we must act and disseminate it. We are the media now. We are the arbiters of the First Amendment. It is ours, not theirs. You are the media. Eventually, as fewer and fewer people buy soap, from ads running on ABC and fewer and fewer people subscribe to the New York Times, we win. If we keep fighting the propaganda with facts, America does win this epic battle for the truth. This edition of The Ledger Report is on its way to the archives, the Library of Congress. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. I'm Graham Ledger. And remember, even when I'm wrong, I'm right. <laughs>